Sir, do you know why I pulled you over? No, it's because your intro sucks. Please step out onto the curbside. Welcome to another week of the Curbside Podcast, the podcast where we talk about cars and everything to do with cars. My name is Jeff. I drive a 2004 Honda S2000, and I am your Taiwanese American Southern Californian. And uh, I'm Andrew. No Parth again this week. Uh, He's busy. Uh, I think he's getting dinner with the family, which is always mandatory. I'm Andrew. I drive a 2015 Subaru BRZ, and I live in Northern California. What are we talking about this week? Um, so, I want to begin this week with the philosophical question of the decade. Oh, yeah? I feel like we do those every week. <laughs> That's what we're about. Yeah. We, we raise the important questions in life. And this week's question is... Well, actually, this is what I don't really know the answer to myself or don't really have too much of an opinion because I'm kind of split on it. It's mm-hmm. uh, should you drive your own car to the ground until it explodes and melts, or should you, after a couple years, go and buy a new car? Mm. I'm dealing with that now, so this is a great topic. <laughs> is that the is that a dilemma you're going through? Oh yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to do both. <laughs> <laughs> So enlighten us. What, what, what is your current situation right now? So like I said, I drive a 2015 BRZ at the moment. It is daily driven. And uh, well, I work in construction. So that means driving to a bunch of places between job sites, you know, city hall to architects offices, stuff like that. And uh, my car is a six speed manual and I love it to death. But driving here in the Bay Area in traffic every day is... Uh, one of the worst things you could ever go through in life. <laughs> but but Andrew, it just it uh, Subaru BRZ seems like such a like well qualified work truck. Yes, it's a very good construction vehicle. <laughs> All of my coworkers <laughs> tell me that. They look at their GMC Sierras and they're like, "Damn, we shouldn't have I, bought I really, one of those." <laughs> yeah, I really need a work truck. Well, what are you thinking of getting though? Well, most likely going to stick in the the little Subaru family here. Um, thinking between a Outback or a Crosstrek. Um, I did test drive a Crosstrek, and it is the most gutless experience I've ever experienced in my life. Um, but I think the size is good. No chance really to open it up here in the Bay Area because everyone's crawling on the freeway. But yeah, I don't know. I've heard mixed reviews about it. It um, needs a turbo. It does. A big one. Yeah, real big one. <laughs> and then the Outback, it's like borderline too big for me. Yeah, you know, you're right, because I, I thought I thought myself that it was like, no, it's not big. It's just a lifted legacy wagon, right? <laughs> and I huge. stood next to it. I was like, this thing's massive. <laughs> yeah, it's gigantic. And like for me personally, yeah. I'm kind of thinking about moving into San Francisco in like the next year or two. And I think an Outback would be a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, if you're moving into San Francisco, you might as well just get rid of cars in general. That's true. <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now. Um 
I don't think getting rid of the BRZ is even an option in my head. Yeah, I want to keep this thing forever. Well, here's the thing. Okay, we know it's more like environmentally friendly and whatnot to keep mm-hmm. driving that one car yes. until it dies. Because mm-hmm. it takes so many resources to get like the metals and the drivetrain and whatnot just to build the car and whatnot. So we know in terms of that, it's a better idea to just keep driving a car into the ground. But what about financially, do you think? Mm. Well, BRZ is paid off, so... <laughs> so so your car's paid off that's the thing like if you don't buy a new car you don't have to keep making car payments that's true that's true well the money goes elsewhere anyways so yeah like you gotta get your maintenance you gotta get whatever stuff ends up breaking on an old car got that fixed you gotta get mm-hmm. smog pretty soon and then you gotta worry about the important stuff like new suspension and turbos <laughs> and wheels, <laughs> that that sort of stuff. That's true. I mean, any new car is gonna be a money pit. Exactly. So knowing you, if you got the cross track, you might like slap it or <laughs> nah, definitely be a little it, rally then. wagon. <laughs> so either way, there's more money to be spent, mm-hmm. just in different places. Yeah, but also think about this. Driving your car into the ground, that also entails, Mm -hmm. at some point, uh, a financial uh, responsibility there, right? Yeah. Do you think, is there a point where it's more financially beneficial to get rid of the car than to just fix it? I think so. I mean, okay, so like in high school, I drove my dad's old, uh, it was in 1998, 99, BMW 740IL. Kelly yeah. Blue Book listed it at about $750 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that thing was beat to shit, um, but it still yeah. ran. But every once in a while, there were issues with uh, the timing chain, the timing chain guide, the coolant line exploding. Uh, I mean, we spent <laughs> thousands of dollars fixing that car. And like uh-huh. once it was fixed, it would be great for like a couple months, and then it would break again. At that point, the money yeah. you spend fixing that beater could totally just go towards a down payment yeah that's very true but like at the same time like sure you'll spend like seven hundred eight hundred thousand two thousand dollars on fixing your broken down car but that kind of is still less than what 20 grand for a new car right yeah i guess it depends on the frequency of how often you're repairing it i guess if you're fixing that thing every month and it's costing you like a thousand bucks that's like two car payments right there at least a thousand bucks every month for 12 months you can get yourself almost a new civic or something like that yeah exactly what's your take on it because you've had your mdx for a billion years now you know that's like that's the hard part the mdx is there now and it's gotten to a point where it's gotten it's gotten old. I did get a valve adjustment and that cost eight hundred dollars and the car is only worth I think probably about a thousand now in the shape it's in. Mm-hmm. And the check engine light just came on again. <laughs> so my dilemma was at the time the check engine light was on. It was because A, there was the 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 it's like a valve that mixes like the exhaust gas and stuff. That broke. That was like a $40, $50 job. And then there was the valve adjustment. That was an $800 job. Mm-hmm. Got those done. In my head, I was like, oh, okay. It could probably go for another like what? But now the engine light has come on again. And now I'm in the place where I'm like, well, I don't know if this is worth fixing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like also, you were talking about Kelly Blue Book pricing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
Would it be better to sell your car earlier then, just so you could get the the higher resale value? Hmm. Yeah, I guess that depends. For me, we never got rid of the BMW because of sentimental value. That was like yeah. one of my dad's favorite purchases, and like he did not want to get rid of that thing until it absolutely had to be gone. Yeah, I mean, based oh, on this that, is such a it's easy. Is, yeah, <laughs> but based on like logical reasons, I don't know. And also, it was a BMW. Mm-hmm. Over time, repairs on BMWs get frequent and they get expensive. Basically, mm-hmm. right after the warranty runs up. Yeah. But if you've got like a Lexus or a Toyota or a Honda or all these Japanese brands, is it worth it then? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to I guess. keep driving. I mean, trying to buy a part for a 20 year old BMW. BMW uh-huh. discontinued those parts years ago. You have to go to a third party yeah. and like they, you know. You're stuck with them, so they charge you as much as they want. Guys, I, I've been in Andrew's BMW. This thing was fantastic because it was repaired <laughs> with basically rubber bands, duct tape. Staple guns. Uh, staple guns for the headliner. Yeah, the it headliner. Had, like, the gauge cluster from the wrong car. No, it was the same car, but it was equally as broken as the original one. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, at, at that point, like, I guess... Getting rid of it is a good idea. Yeah. But on the other hand, look at Matt Farah's million, uh, million mile Lexus. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like there was that story of uh, this guy who had driven his Honda Accord for one million miles. The odometer <laughs> rolled back over to zero. Holy shit. Honda, as a reward, gave them a new Accord <laughs> for free. That's awesome. Right? <laughs> so maybe that's the that's the benefit of driving your car into the ground. Maybe you'll get a free car <laughs> from the automaker you're driving. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you drive a BMW to a million miles and it the uh, odometer runs back to zero, you'll be paying full price for a brand new BMW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Good, good job. Now... Buy a new one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what is this piece of shit? You want the new M3. <laughs> it is perfect. Why did you not buy it sooner? <laughs> mm. Yeah, this is a tough topic. If you had one answer, what would you do? Buy new. Why? New cars are cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. I mean, you on. know what like, I would, would do? You, really? Okay, what would you do? I'd buy a new car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're telling me you don't want a new car? Uh, You know why? Why? Because new cars are cool. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm buying all the new cars. (laughs) And then driving them to the ground. (laughs) I will buy multiple new cars that I like and drive them all to the ground at the same time. Yep. There. Boom. Hardest question ever answered. There it is. There's the curbside podcast decision for you guys. If you've been wondering if you should buy a new car or drive it to the ground, here's what you do. You buy a new car and you drive it to the ground. <laughs> and then you buy another new car. <laughs> then you buy another No, you buy your new car and then while you have that new car, you buy another new car and then you drive both of them into the ground. Yep. And then you buy a new car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This topic fell apart pretty quickly. (laughs) We're very helpful on this show, really. 
<laughs> but one more thing I want to add to this, though. In the world of these new electric cars and whatnot, mm-hmm. I, I think probably buying new cars and even leasing them would probably be a better idea. Why is that? These batteries on these cars run mm-hmm. out. Right? Over time, batteries die. Yeah. But what's the typical like, lifespan of auto batteries? Auto batteries? I think... Okay. So so here, here's the vehicle warranty on a... Um, on a Tesla. Mm-hmm. So it's eight years or 150,000 miles, whichever comes first. Okay. Because hmm. after those batteries die, you, there's no fixing, right? Yeah, you got to replace them. At that point, replacing the battery is probably going to cost as much as buying a new Tesla. Yeah. But that's just under... Have someone else. That's for warranty. The yeah, warranty I mean, up to 100,000 miles, that's more than most automakers will warrant your car. Unless you're Hyundai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously yeah that's true yeah like the true battery life is obviously more than a hundred thousand miles so i guess who's our audience like car enthusiasts or practical people that <laughs> transport <laughs> themselves in vehicles well i mean looking at our audience we are a car podcast i'm guessing probably the former so here's here's the here's the decision guys just buy new cars because <laughs> they're cool because <laughs> they're cool don't buy them off logic buy them with your heart yes cars are supposed to be fun exactly not a thing that gets you from a to b yeah that's boring if you want to do that take a bus <laughs> or ride a bike yeah <laughs> or walk dude yeah just walk, walk. you'll get there <laughs> eventually dude uh yeah. Well, I mean, there is some friendly consumer advice from your fellow curbside <laughs> podcast hosts. I feel like we didn't answer that. anything. <laughs> what should you do? Buy a new car or drive it into the ground? Yes. Buy a new car, then drive it into the ground, and then buy a new car. Yes. And with that being said, let's go to our sponsored break. Let's do it. All right, guys, welcome to our sponsored break. And um, since Parth's not here, I guess you're doing I have it. To do it again. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, I have it memorized by now based on how many times we say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by Sapien. Sapien is a blockchain based social network that rewards uh, its users with uh, cryptocurrency when they put. Up good quality content. Yes. Mm. That's well pretty said. much Yep. Yep. I, I think that's that's got it. Yeah, so uh go to sapien.net and start earning today. Thank you, Sapien. Do it. Thank you, Sapien. Yeah. Well, so we sponsored by Andrew. Ourselves, as Jeffrey would say. Yes. <laughs> uh yeah, so yeah, we take a <laughs> We do spend a lot of time planning out uh, this podcast, taking our time after work, after school, whatever it is we may be doing to put this show together for you guys. So uh, we appreciate whatever support that you guys give us and uh, would appreciate if we had more. (laughs) Yes, because currently we are in the negative dollars. Like not this. This isn't free for us. We're losing money, but it's, it's fun to do. But it would be even more fun if, you know, we got paid for it. <laughs> well, that or we just had a larger audience that we could yeah. communicate with, interact yeah. with, you know, 
that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like more, more, most importantly, guys, go and share this podcast with people you think would like to listen to it because at, then we, you know, it's more fulfilling for us yes. to have a large audience, a yep. large faithful audience. And we know you're out there. The car community is fucking gigantic. So start listening. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, also if you want to sponsor us or uh, give us some help, you can email us at thecurbsidepodcast at gmail.com. And with that being said, shall we get back to the show? The show. All right, back to the show. All right. Back to the show, and that means the news. And to start off this week's news, I need, again, some silence. You step into a world you do not understand, where the smell of gasoline is no more, and automakers have to work with these new coming-up companies with weird names because they don't know how to make their own electric cars for some reason. You have just walked into the EV Welcome to the EV Zone, guys, the part of the show where we talk about EVs, cars powered by Pikachu. And <laughs> running little Pikachus on wheels <laughs> inside your car. This is hamster wheels running around. Uh, but to, to, to start off this week's EV Zone, I want to talk about there's a new Arizona based startup that's making EVs. Of oh. course, there is. The number of new American-based startups making EVs is just a plenty right now. And they all, uh, they all have these weird names, okay? So this new company is called Nikola, mm. Tesla's first name. <laughs> Creative, sir. Mm. Very good. But they're, they're coming out with a car called the Badger EV. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be a pickup because that seems to be all the rage right now. Uh, interesting things on this. It's going to have a 160 kilowatt hour, kilowatt uh, lithium ion battery, mm-hmm. which, you know, standard, making 300 miles. Uh, but along with that, it's also going to have a 120 kilowatt hydrogen fuel cell, which also Ooh. makes 300 miles. Yeah, so in total, this will make 600 miles, and you could fill it up with hydrogen. Okay. It feels, it, uh, okay, you don't put water into it? No, no. I mean, that would be nice. That would solve a lot of problems for for hydrogen cars. We'd get rid of all the infrastructure. But no, compressed hydrogen, the normal thing, which honestly, I've said on this show before, doesn't feel like a very sustainable fuel source once we get, you know, quick charging up and running. It's not going to be very practical. I think it's it's time will come. I feel like not enough people have put emphasis on this hydrogen thing. So that might be why it's expensive. All the rage is uh, electric right now. Because, I mean, hydrogen cars are essentially electric. It's just yeah. a different way of making... You make right. onboard electricity, basically. Mm. But uh, Kato, 8,000 pounds, supposedly. is going to be a 4x4, and they say it will release in September of this year. And it looks fucking uh, awesome. Yeah, it looks pretty dang cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's only in concept drawing forms right now, if you guys want to look it up. But, as always, with these new EV companies starting up, I'm always skeptical until they have a working prototype or a car that i could see not in just a drawing (laughs) (laughs) honestly that company is what just killed all of my expectations for these startups (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking at their website right now. They also make like little like razor off-road things. Oh, really? Yeah. They have the Nikola NZT, the Reckless, and they also make a jet ski. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. And these are working real things? Uh, no, all concept. Oh, wow. They also have semi-trucks, three models. Okay, so they're just putting out a bunch of yeah. concepts. <laughs> yeah, all concepts. So this is all just, all, this entire company is based on dreams. Yes. Good luck, Nicola. <laughs> Guys, just make one of these things first. Yeah. <laughs> and stop coming up with so many things. Their trucks do look very cool. Yeah, they look like Gundams. Hold up. They have, I don't know if it's a working model, but there's a physical thing of the Nikola 2. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's working. It's towing a thing. Oh, it's towing a thing. <laughs> Dude. I think hydrogen really makes sense for uh, semi-trucks, though. Because mm-hmm. they have to travel big, long distances, and ain't nobody got time to charge. Well, I mean, maybe this has promise. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking we'll forward to this. This looks uh, yeah. really cool. We'll see. September 2020. Uh, well, my EV Zone news. Uh, a couple releases or a couple updates have been released for the Hummer EV. Um, according to Car and Driver, uh, the new Hummer EV will have three motor options. Uh, either three? a single motor option, which will likely be rear-wheel drive. Two motor option, which would make it all-wheel drive, and three motor option. Um, For and another all-wheel drive. <laughs> for, yes, helping the other two. <laughs> more all-wheel drive. Yeah. Only more. three, though. Are you going to bring up a Rivian thing? Rivian's got four, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. That means this Hummer ain't going to be able to do a tank turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who cares? Tank turns are important. <laughs> yes. Um, anyways, the uh, <laughs> the thousand horsepower op, uh, spec that they gave will likely be in the three motor option, which uh, makes the most sense. Um, and speaking of spec numbers, the torque numbers uh, they may have lied to us a little bit. So the eleven thousand five hundred pound feet uh, that was actually measured at the wheels. And that's due to gear ratios, apparently. I'm not too sure what that means. That's what Car and Driver said. Um, But the motors themselves produce around 714 to 834 pound-feet of torque, which is still a lot. Still a lot. And also, just to point out, this is Car and Driver speculating that that they're lying to us. So it is possible, not likely, but it is possible that these motors are indeed making 11,500 pounds feet of torque. Yeah, in which case, there would be a lot of dead Hummer drivers. <laughs> you, just, you just wake up in the morning, floor your Hummer, and the yeah. world spins the other way. End up with a collapsed <laughs> lung. Is there any other news on that? Yeah, so estimated 300 range, which or 300 mile range, sorry, which seems pretty standard across the uh, EV market at this rate. Yeah, uh, yeah so at this rate. Yeah, so nothing special there. Um, they're speculating a basic trim, which is probably more like a work truck, your standard, you know, your cookie cutter construction truck, um, and also a off road variant, uh, which I think would be pretty awesome. I'm sorry. Is there going to be a not off-road variant of the Hummer? Because that's just messed up. Well, probably like a specialized off-road variant with like uh, cool shocks and stuff. 
I'm so glad the Hummer brand is coming back. I just want them to do it justice. Yeah, I think they'll do it right. It's been long enough, and I, I would imagine this yeah. has been in the works for a long time. And honestly, GM is a much better company than it was. Yeah, a little bit. The original, <laughs> yeah, when the Hummer was originally coming out. So I think I hope they've learned enough to make this a good thing. Yeah. And lastly, uh, we can expect a reveal in May of this year and sales to start in the fall of next year, 2021. Ooh, we're gonna get a lot of EV pickups this year. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's cool. Yeah, but you know. Not a pickup guy. But these make me want to get pickups. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. And, and then for your job, as we were saying. Exactly. I could get a, a, a worse work truck than a Subaru PRZ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in other electric car news, uh, here's a fun one. So there is a track in Japan called Tsukuba. Tsukuba. T-S-U-K-U-B-A. A Tesla Model 3 has just set a time around it. Uh, this Model 3 is owned by a YouTuber named Eric Strait. Uh, it's got street-legal tires on it. It's got a bunch of bolt-on, unplugged performance mods on it. And do you know the time it did? No. <laughs> it did a 104.7. To put that into context, okay? Mm-hmm. A McLaren F1 went around this track in 104.6. Jesus Christ. Yep. And behind that, behind this Tesla, is a 911 GT3 997. <laughs> uh, did 104.8. A Ferrari F40. Jeez, that's still up there? Uh, 104.8. Mm-hmm. Man, that F40 is just way ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Jeez. And it looks awesome. Uh, Audi R8 V10 5.2 FSI 104.9. A Lamborghini Gallardo 105. Uh, Porsche 911 Turbo 997 105.2. What the hell? <laughs> I bet you with all these performance mods on this Model 3, it did not cost as much as some of these cars did. Probably not. Is, uh, is unplugged like a, like a dine-in for Tesla? Basically. It's just a bunch of... It's a company that makes, like, performance mods for, basically, Teslas. And okay. I'm sure in the future, some other electric cars. Hmm. But here's a, here's a thing that I also found kind of amazing from the times. The fastest lap done there, of course, mm-hmm. was done in one minute, 0.3 seconds, by a Nissan Nismo GTR. What? Yeah. 104 flat? <laughs> one minute flat oh Holy one shit. minute flat 0.3 seconds a stock nismo gtr yeah jesus <laughs> it's crazy yeah. well that being said i want to move out of the ev zone yeah and into regular car news uh there was a chicago auto show this week nothing really interesting came out of it to be honest uh one thing that did catch my eye was there is now a new trim level for the jeep gladiator called the mojave it's got a little symbol on the side that's called desert rated you know how most of them are called trail rated yes this is now desert rated because it's equipped to go more better on like sand dunes and whatnot Mm. uh one of the main standout features that it has is it's got uh fox shocks Mm-hmm. Special Fox shocks that you get with it. Damn. Other news from the Chicago Auto Show. There's a new Chrysler Pacifica. Next. Why am I talking about a <laughs> minivan? 
<laughs> well, the only interesting thing about this was because the top of the line trim, you could get quilted leather pillows. Quilted leather throw pillows. I don't care. <laughs> You're Chrysler Pacifica. <laughs> you could be like, hey, I have a Maybach, but not really at all. <laughs> mm, yeah, seems like Chrysler was influenced by the uh, the VIP scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, just, just freaking go, go buy your own leather pillows and throw them in. It's not worth it. Ah. <laughs> uh. Anyways, Andrew, I believe you have a new segment that you want to try on this show. Yes, and it's a good one. Give it a whirl. Well, there comes a time when a car has lived its best life, cruising down the winding roads of the world, going on great adventures and escapades, and flying down the horribly maintained highways of California. Its maker has decided that it is time for it to come back to the promised land, a.k.a. the dealership. Thousands of broken cars with manufacturing defects flock back to their creator in an event that was called the Recall Rapture. (laughs) We're going to have to work on that execution. Uh, I love it's a fantastic name. Uh, But anyway, what is Recall Rapture, sir? Yes. Welcome, everybody, to the Recall Rapture. This is where we talk about uh, manufacturer recalls. And uh, we do have a couple interesting ones this week. So let's start off with Parth's favorite brand, Tesla. Yay! Man, Parth's not here to get excited about (laughs) Tesla screwing up this week. (laughs) Well, Tesla is recalling 15,000 2016 year model x's due to power steering issues and the issue Mm -hmm. that they're uh, facing right now the aluminum bolts that connect the power steering gear assist motor to the gear Uh housing apparently corrodes and breaks which causes a loss of power steering good in a statement made by tesla they said you could still steal the car it would just be very heavy and the model x is what Five thousand pounds. <laughs> yeah, these cars aren't light because they're just chock full of batteries. <laughs> yes. So good luck if you have this issue. Uh, I hope you don't ever have to deal with that in a parking lot. And if you do, I hope you're strong. <laughs> no more going to the gym for you, Tesla. Owners. So currently they're at fifteen thousand. It's twenty sixteen year models and earlier so i think there might be a potential for more um they're still i think waiting to release the official recall and good luck to all you model x owners out there um there was also a similar recall in 2018 for a model s so i think the tesla engineering department has to step this up and uh get this figured out for future models yeah um i'm curious as to what happens when these bolts break while you're on autopilot Either Tesla, like we said last week, can update your car and remove autopilot for you. <laughs> now they remove the bolts, bolts for you. <laughs> yeah. Tesla's removing hardware and software. Yeah, they're going on both fronts. <laughs> Good job, guys. Yeah. Luckily, there's been no reported incidents, no fatalities so far. So thank God for no, that. That's good. But uh, yeah. they better figure this out. In a less interesting one, Mazda. Uh, you don't hear, I feel like you don't hear a lot of Mazda news in terms of like their car being fucked up or anything like that, but they're yeah. recalling 36,000 CX-5s for uh, daytime running lights breaking down, apparently flickering, not functioning, um, and it is due to, quote, 
inappropriate materials used for the ceiling gasket. This doesn't seem very important at all. No. Like, it wouldn't harm anyone if Mazda was just like, nah, screw it. We're going to leave it <laughs> broken. Yeah. Because honestly, these daytime running lights are just there to look cool. Yeah. Have you, have you realized that these daytime running lights have caused a significant problem of people not turning on their lights at night? Yes, I live in the Bay Area. <laughs> Everyone thinks that their lights are on because these LED daytime running lights are like so bright to the point they're like, oh, my headlights are but on. But that's also the driver's fault because they're fucking yes. stupid because it's <laughs> pitch black inside their car. So maybe Mazda just leave them broken. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, because I've come across way too many of these drivers. I mean... I think it's good guy Mazda. Good for them for taking care of their customers on a issue that really isn't that big of a deal. Uh, and in the last chapter of this week's Recall Rapture, we have <laughs> the almighty Honda. Uh, I think uh-huh. the, this is the biggest recall I've ever heard of. Honda is recalling a quarter million Honda Odyssey oh, minivans due to an electrical Jeez. short in the third row. That is very un-Honda-like, but is also hilarious. Electrical short in the third row. What happens? So apparently, uh, the short is caused by a wire harness for the power outlet in the back getting pinched. I'm assuming it's like maybe the third row seats moving up and down, and like it'll just pinch the wire. And once you do yeah. that, you know the 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 sheathing around the wire gets stripped, and then you have exposed wire, which could cause a fire. Jeez. <laughs> You imagine that just going oh, uh, going camping with your family, just moving around watching TV, and all of a sudden it gets real warm in the car for some reason. Kids start screaming. <laughs> Dad swerves the van, <laughs> smashes into us uh, the guardrails. You know, here's a good thing from this: if you're going camping with your family, mm-hmm. you don't gotta bring your stove. Mm-hmm. Cook it in your Honda Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's you the best tailgating experience you'll ever have. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, there have been three cases so far with no fatalities, but still, I think three cases is enough for it to be like a pretty serious emergency. Um, yeah, no, three cases of a family car catching on fire <laughs> yeah. is, 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 is it, plenty. Yeah, being a minivan, there are probably kids in there, you know, whole family. So definitely a serious thing that Honda needs to address soon. Um, and they do have a plan in place already. Uh, Honda plans, I don't know if it's a good plan. Uh, Honda plans to use protective tape if your harness is not yet destroyed or uh-huh. it will replace it for free <laughs> in which you can damage it again and get another free replacement or protective <laughs> tape. But hearing that, if I had one of these odysseys, I would go in there and cut my wire harness because I ain't gonna, I don't want no just protective tape on my wire harness. I want a new one. I would just like, go get a new Pacifico with my quilted leather seats. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Jim, your helpful SoCal Southern California Honda dealer. Come in and check out our hot new vans. <laughs> Like yeah, I was uh, yeah, I was taking my kids to soccer practice. Then my van caught on fire. <laughs> Is this normal? <laughs> <laughs> Honda will begin notifying the owners March sixteenth. So uh, they're definitely taking initiative and hopping on this quickly. Quarter million is a lot of fucking vans. Anyways, I mean, like honestly, this is a fun little segment. It's also actually very good consumer information. If you happen to have one of these cars. 
get them checked out. Also, if you're part of our audience and driving one of these cars, I suggest buying a more fun car. But that is up to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. That is going to be our show for this week. Uh, As always, thank you guys for, you know, listening in. For those of you who are and make it this far into the show, we really appreciate it. You guys are the reason why we do the show uh, or else we're just talking to ourselves and then we could do that anytime. Uh, As always, go and share this podcast with your friends who like cars Even if they don't like cars, share it with them. You might be able to teach them very stupid things about cars, you know? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Hey, where can we find this podcast? You can find this podcast at uh, thecurbsidepodcast.com. There's a link to our Libsyn page, which has a link to all our different links on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, tune in and also you can listen on the website itself and uh if you guys want to reach out to us let us know if you have any comments about the show uh give us any feedback or uh let us know i don't know if you found any interesting points or topics on the uh show that you enjoyed you can free feel free to reach us reach out to us via social media on instagram facebook twitter uh our handle for instagram is at the curbside podcast and uh twitter is at curbside pod and also i always forget to mention we have a youtube channel you could search us up yes we do the curbside <laughs> podcast uh thank you for the actual 19 subscribers we have on that channel right now um, that, that that i i think that's a milestone because because we had five or two at the beginning, so 19 is quite a good number. Uh, please go check out those videos there. If you like them, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know when new uh, new videos are coming. And yeah, like uh, share that with your friends as well. And also, um, Andrew was talking about hitting us up. Ask us questions that you want us answered, like we did so well in the first half of the show. <laughs> 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 yeah, like give us topic suggestions. It always helps. And I want to thank Kid Dope for providing us with our theme song, Fast Cars and Wild Hearts. It's a pretty great song. Go check it out. And as always, my name is Jeff. I'm Andrew. And remember, drive safe and life is too short to drive boring cars. Bye.